0: thanks again for for this place that that we call Adventure Church. The church was your idea. A long time ago, when you you put all this together, you thought of this thing called the church, a family, a group of people like this that believe in you, and you chose that to be the vehicle to change the planet. And today, we want to lean into that. We want to lean into your challenge to make disciples of all nations. We want to lean into your challenge to to be your witnesses from one end of the earth to the other. And so, Jesus, today, as we unpack your word, Would you stir in our hearts? Would you convict us? Would you change us? Would you bring about uh, the, the activity that leads us further and further into being kingdom citizens, people that belong to you, right? Jesus, we pray all this in your name, and everybody said amen. All right, so in in culture, in our lives, in our world, there are kind of funny and and weird, sometimes strange metaphors that we use a lot of times to describe things that either are A, hard to describe, or B, kind of fuzzy, or, or we just want to make it make sense for somebody else, right? Like Forrest Gump made one really popular, like life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, right? So it's just one of those things. It's like a box of chocolates. its You never know. You never know what's going to happen. One day it doesn't look like the next day. There's all kinds of stuff that you can get a hold of. Like it's, it's, it is. Life's like a box of chocolates. Another one that I thought of is, is one that I hear a lot and one that I use a lot is this whole metaphor of like you can't see the forest for the trees, which means like you're too close to a situation, Right? You don't have perspective. You need to get some perspective. You're too close. You can't see what's going on because you're too close. One of the really strange ones, and the only reason this one popped into my head is because somebody used this metaphor this week in describing something, is the whole, like, when you put a frog in a like pot of boiling water, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, if you just turn it up slow, the frog will boil to death. If you just drop him in, it'll hop out. Who does that? Like, number one, I thought, like, how did that metaphor even come to be? Someone was testing that. Like, let's see if we just turn the heat up on him real slow. Oh, he stayed in there. What happens if we drop him in, right? No, he hopped out. That's just a weird one. It's like, it's like maybe you got yourself into a bad spot without realizing it. Like, that's what that metaphor means, but it's kind of weird. It's kind of twisted and dark. But here's the thing. The same is true for the church, there are a lot of metaphors for the church. You hear us use these a lot. You'll hear people say that the, that the church is, is like a hospital, right? It's designed to take care of people, to, to, to make people well, right, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, right? That's what we want to do. That's why we, we have a hospitality ministry. The root word of hospitality is hospital. It's a place where we offer care, right? So the church is kind of like a hospital. Or, or maybe, like, you hear us say this a lot, the church is like a family, families are messy they're quirky right but we're family we belong to one another in the bible we find the church often referred to as a bride which is kind of weird right it's like that we're the bride jesus is the bridegroom and at some point we're all going to come together right but here's the thing like when you think about church as the bride a lot of times she can be bridezilla right she can be kind of that diva bride a little bit right so it's it's, there's weird metaphors that that are used to describe the church but today i want to look at a really interesting metaphor that we find in first corinthians chapter 12 so if you got your bibles Uh, or your Bible app in front of you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is really where we're going to be living today. Now, while you're flipping there, let me just give you some context, okay? Corinth, obviously this letter was written Corinthians. It's written to the Corinthian people who lived in Corinth. And a lot of times when you kind of compare ancient biblical cities to kind of modern cities, it helps you get a better idea of of the culture of the place. Corinth would have been a lot like St. Louis, right, today in the United States. And here's why. It was the gateway, like it was kind of the go-between for the eastern parts and the western parts of the Roman Empire. So Corinth, was—it was—it was, a, was, a, was a, there was tons of influence in Corinth. It was a major port city. The Navy was stationed there, right? There's lots of diversity. Why? Because it's a major trade route, those kinds of things. And so Paul, who we talk about a lot, Paul was a guy that wrote a good chunk of the New Testament. He was a church planter, right? So he would go around and he would plant churches or he'd meet with communities of people, Jesus followers like us and line out, Like, this is what it's like to to believe in, follow Jesus, and face the cultural challenges that that you face, right? Paul, he writes this first letter to the Corinthians to to address a handful of issues that were going on within this kind of family, this church, this body of believers. And something that Patrick said last Sunday that I loved was this. A lot of us, when we think about, like, church, it's like he said, you know, there's this ideal within our minds to be the New Testament church. We want to be a New Testament kind of church, but we wouldn't, if the, if the church did everything perfect, especially back in this day, right? If the New Testament church did everything perfect and everything right, we wouldn't have most of the New Testament. Because a lot of the times, Paul, he's writing these letters or to, to either pastors or to churches to go, hey, listen, here's what's going on inside your church. we got to fix some stuff. we got to deal with some stuff. We, we need to address some issues. And, and, and one, one commentary I read this week said this, that kind of the purpose of 1 Corinthians was to kind of outline doctrine. Doctrine is a fancy church word that means what we believe, right? It was to kind of outline and, and, and talk about the doctrine, the set of beliefs of the cross, the fact that Jesus went to a cross, died for us, took the punishment of sin upon himself, was buried, and then came out three days later and broke the power of sin and death. So basically, what is the fact that Jesus defeated sin and death and invites you into a relationship with him? What does that mean for not only your life, but your life in culture, your life in society, right? Like we, we can say it like this. First Corinthians was written to unpack and line out how faith, which we've talked about that the last couple weeks, faith is what we believe. How does faith get turned into faithfulness, which the definition of faithfulness is this. It's a dedicated way of living. And here's the deal. We all have faith, and we are all faithful to something or someone. We all have faith. We all believe in something. We all believe in someone. We believe, we trust that that person or whatever that thing is is going to provide for us, right? It's going it's to provide for us. It's going to take care of us. We believe in that. And whatever we believe is going to provide for us and take care of us, we dedicate our lives to whoever or whatever that is. And so Paul, he writes this letter saying, listen, we got to line out how what you believe to be true about the cross, what you believe to be true about Jesus is going to impact the way you live your lives in, in, other, in ways that other people can see. And here's why this mattered, So much to Paul. He knew that a community, a family of Jesus' followers in a city like Corinth wouldn't have an impact on just Corinth by itself, right? There was a major opportunity here to make an impact way beyond just one city in one location. Paul, he knew that in order to fully lean into the opportunity that was available, the personal testimonies of the individual followers of Jesus in Corinth mattered. Our stories of how we follow Jesus mattered. But Paul also knew that the corporate and collective testimony of the community, right, the church as a whole, that also mattered. So personal stories matter, the stories that we tell, the, the stories that this church as a community, as a collective, those things matter. So be put Paul knew this. He knew that our individual lives as people And our collective lives together as a church will tell stories about Jesus, right? They will. If we claim to be a Jesus follower, right, or this church as a group of people, we claim to follow Jesus, people will look at how we live. People will look at the way this church functions. And that's going to tell a story about Jesus. But here's the bigger part of this. Whatever story our lives tell and whatever story this church tells as a community people will believe it. They'll believe it. We will tell believable stories about what it means to follow Jesus as an individual and what it means to follow Jesus as a church. People will buy it. Whatever story you're telling right now, people will believe it. And so this is why it matters. It matters for us to make sure that the stories that we're telling as individuals but also as a church, that we get those things right, that we're telling a real, true story, how we function Matters how we live matters because people outside of the church will buy into and will believe whatever story we tell with how each one of us lives our lives and how we function as a church community. They'll buy it, they'll believe it. So here's the metaphor, all right? Here's the metaphor that, that Paul uses. He says this starting in verse 12 He says, For just as the body is one and has many members. All of, and, and all of the members, though, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. He says, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. He says, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, well, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. Let's just stop right here for a second. Essentially what Paul is saying here, if you're taking notes, or you want to kind of write out in the margin of your Bibles, or you're taking notes on your app, whatever it is, here's what he's saying. Just because as you walk into or you join or you become a part of a church community, just because you look different, maybe the person sitting next to you, or behind you, or in front of you, just because maybe you live in a different part of town, or maybe you've got a different background, maybe you have a different story, and maybe you moved here from another country, right, or maybe you've got a different kind of job. You know, what you do for a living, right, what you do to provide for your family, you've got a different kind of job than maybe the person sitting next to you. But here's what Paul is saying. That doesn't make either of you less a part of this entire thing. That doesn't disqualify you. That doesn't make you less than the entire part of the body. In fact, he says what we need is we need diversity and we need uniqueness in all areas of life. That's how it functions. Let's pick back up. He says this, if the whole body were an eye, he's going to kind of drive this home. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? How would you be able to hear? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, he says, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were just a single member, where would the body be? Right? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. You think he's trying to get a point across? Like we talk about a lot of times in Scripture, anytime you see something repeated, right, you, you want to pay attention, he's trying to get a point across. right? He says, the eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you. I don't need you today. Take the day off. Right? Nor can the head to the feet. I, the head to the feet. The head can't say to the feet. I, I don't need you. On the contrary, he says, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are actually indispensable. You can't get rid of them. They're indispensable. You have to have them. He says, and those are the parts of the body that, that we think less honor, like we bestow greater honor. Those parts we think don't matter, actually, we give them more honor. And our unrepresentable parts, right, are treated with greater modesty, and our more, which our more presentable parts don't require. So I was reading this. so stop right here. I was reading this story yesterday. I was reading the scripture with my kids, all right? I have an 8-year-old and a 10-year-old boy, right? So we're reading this. I'm like, boys, check this out. Isn't this kind of cool? Like when, when, when Paul talks about the church, he starts talking about the body. And we start going into all these body parts. And they're 10 and 8, which dudes in the room, doesn't matter if you're 40, 45, 50, there's a part of you that's still 10 and 8. And I could see their wheels turning, right? I could see. And, and finally, Cash speaks up and goes, Does that mean the church has a butt? And I started, I started, like, on my feet, I'm going, hey, Pastor Dad, right, like, let's, like, come up with a really good theological answer for this, right? Don't, obviously, don't point fingers, like, yes, son, let me give you some names, right? That's not what we're, that's not what we're talking about, right? I started to try to come up with, like, a real, like, answer to, like, give him a genuine response, and he stopped me, he goes, I know who it is, it's whoever takes out the trash, right? Whoever takes the trash to the dumpster, right? He's like, the dumpster's like the toilet. And whoever takes the trash out, that person. And I'm like, so here, let me just tell you, if today you take the trash out, you're the butt of the church. And what Paul tells us is that we are to treat you with great honor. So thank you in advance for taking the trash out, right? Let's, let's dive back in. Here's what he says to kind of wrap up this section. He says, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the parts that it lacked that there may be no division, underline, circle, highlight all of this rest part, right? That there may not be division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. And he kind of wraps it up like this. Now you are the body of Christ, and you are individually members of it. See, here's what happens. We read stuff like this in Scripture. We hear metaphors, and we walk away thinking things like, you know, that makes sense. It makes sense. I can see how that works. That's a good description. That's a good metaphor for the church. Makes sense. See how it works. And we go, yeah, that's a really good comparison. Thanks for clearing that up. Now we have an understanding of what the church is and how it functions. And we usually stop there. We stop and we just kind of leave it in metaphor world, and this is why. The reason we stop is it's a whole lot safer to leave this whole church as a body deal, as a metaphor, because if we start to take this literally or we start to make it personal, that means we're going to actually have to do something about it. We're going to have to do something about it. As an individual plugged into a church, a part of a church, if we take this literally, if we make it personal, that means we're going to have to do something. Collectively, as a church, If we make this literal and we make this personal to our organization, it means we're going to have to do something. Something in us might have to change. Personal habits. Personal priorities. The things that we value, right? The things that we put the highest price tag on. We say these are the things that matter and these are the things that are important. If we take this literally, if we make this personal, maybe we're going to have to look at our priorities and our values and shift some things. Some things might need to go under the microscope, and when they do, they might come out looking a little different. So just to kind of, for kicks and giggles, to make this a little more personal, let's make it literal, all right? It pays to be married to a science teacher. I, I sent Christy a text on Friday. I said, hey, I'm kind of putting the finishing touches on this, this illustration that I'm going to be using. Um, can, you, can, you get me, can you get me a body, and her response was, I said, you hey, I need a body. Like, I need an illustration, sermon illustration, I need a body. And her response was, do you want a real one? And I'm like, you can get that? Like, She's like, no, like, we've got, like, dissection models at, at school, like cats and pe-. I'm like, no, no, that's gross. That's weird. No, just bring me a plastic one. So let's, let's make this literal, okay? Like, our bodies, if you start to add up all the different parts that make us work, If you start to think about all the things that are connected, I mean, I think, and Christy, you can correct me, I'm probably going to say this wrong, but if you take all of our DNA and you stretched it out in a line, it would, like, go to the moon and back. Am I close? The many times, she said, around the moon, right? So it's, like, it's amazing. There's all these different parts, and they're in sync with one another, and that's what makes this work, right? But here's what happens. Like, let's just say this. Like, let's just say one day, right, your eye said, I'm out. Like, I've been working for you for a really long time, like, we've been doing this together for 40-plus years. I don't want do, to see things anymore, right? I can't unsee some of the things that I've seen, and I'm out. I'm done. Your eye just says, listen, I resign, I quit. You'd have a problem, right? You would be blind. Like, right? all of a sudden, it's like my eyes stopped working. I can't see anymore, right? Or maybe, maybe your stomach, right? Your stomach says to you, listen, I said no more spicy food, Right? Do you know what lactose intolerant means, right? You keep going to Dairy Queen and getting these blizzards, right? So I'm done. I'm out. I'm not doing it anymore, right? I'm not going to do this anymore. Like this, you're, you're killing me, right? And your stomach says, listen, I'm not digesting food. Now you'd have a problem. Any one of these things begins to malfunction. You have a problem, right? And here's what happens. Here's the truth. When parts of our bodies start to break down, and to begin to function at less than 100%, it has an effect on the whole thing. When, s- when a small part of who we are begins to function at less than 100%, it has an effect on the whole thing. When you catch a cold, right? A cold is a respiratory virus. It doesn't just affect your sinuses, right? It doesn't just affect your nose or give you a sore throat, right? Your whole body feels like junk, right? When you break a bone, when you suffer an injury, it's not just your leg or your arm or whatever that's hurt. It affects every part of your life, right? I was a goalkeeper. I played goalie most of high school and three years in college. I broke pretty much every finger on both hands, both my hands, right, playing goalkeeper in college. Try getting dressed with three broken fingers, right? Like you can't button your shirt, you can't zip your jeans, which is real awkward, right? You need help with that, and you live in like a dude's only dorm. Like that's weird, right? Try, try getting dressed with a broken arm. Try trying to walk with an injured leg. Whatever, it it's, it doesn't function. right. It's less than one hundred percent. It doesn't work. And here's the big truth, right? When the individual parts of our body function at less than one hundred percent, we feel it all over. That's the truth. When something isn't functioning right, no matter how big or how small or seemingly insignificant we might assume it is, whatever piece of us isn't working right, we feel it throughout the whole body. That's why Paul says in verse 26, if one member suffers, we all suffer. And if one member is honored, we all rejoice together. So let's make it even more personal. You're like, I'd rather not, right? But here we go. Too bad. What's our response? What do we do? Think about this. What do you do when you feel sick? What do you do when you need to get feeling better? Right? We take medicine. We go see a doctor. We go see an expert. We hydrate. We rest. We take a day off. We do whatever we need to do to get well. And here's why. We usually are not okay with any degree of sickness hanging around in our bodies. Like, we're not okay with that. We're not okay with any degree of sickness hanging around in our bodies. If you found out this week, if you went to your doctor and your doctor said, listen, 99% of you is fine. 99% of you is great, tip-top health, but there's cancer in 1% of your body. You're 99% fine, but we found cancer in 1% of your body. 1% of you is sick. 99% isn't. Here's what we don't say. We don't go... I can live with that. We don't do that. 1%, 99% of me is fine. 1% they found cancer in 1% of my body. We don't go, I can live with that. You can't live with that. 99% at that point is not enough. That 1% cancer needs to go. Cut it out. Get it out of me, right? Do something with that. And yet, here's the deal, a lot of the times when it comes to our personal testimonies, which is the stories that our lives tell, when it comes to the collective testimony of the church, right, the story this community tells, a lot of the time, we choose to live with less than 100%. Whether it's this personal repetitive sin habit in your life, or maybe it's an addiction, we think, well, I I can live with that. I just got this sin habit. I got this sin cycle that I get in. I just can't seem to defeat it. But you know what? I can live with that. Because guess what? It's not as bad as his. It's not as bad as hers. Have you've seen them, they're way worse than me. So I guess I can live with that. You know, maybe we get plugged in at church and 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 we show up from time to time. It's like, you know, yeah, I go to church. When? Usually when they're talking about Santa and the Easter bunny, right? Christer ends. Like that's when we show up. But hey, I went twice last year, okay? At least I go. We just try to keep ourselves from from rocking the boat, right? At least I go. The same truth that applies to our bodies applies to our spiritual lives and the life of this church. If anything is functioning at less than 100%, it has an effect on the whole body. We feel it all over. And if we won't settle for that when it comes to our physical bodies, if we're willing to do whatever it takes to stay well and get well, right, I'll change my diet, I'll change my habits, I'll change my fitness, my exercise, I'll go through treatments, I'll I'll go through surgery and recovery, whatever it takes, right, we don't want to, in our physical lives, experience a less than life. If that applies to us physically, then the same has to be true for our church, right? Let me just give you some data. Let me tell you a little bit, little story about Adventure, all right? The national average for churches when it comes to volunteering is about 30%. At Adventure, it's closer to 50%. Nearly half of our church volunteers in some ministry area, and 40% volunteer in more than one, right? That's incredible. We are crushing national averages here at Adventure, which you can all applaud and you can cheer for that, right? You can cheer for that. That's great. Yes, you can clap your hands like, that's awesome, that's awesome, right? You walked right into that one. So we applaud and we cheer for that. But would you be okay? Would you applaud and you cheer if your body was functioning at 50% capacity? No, you'd be half dead. The national average for discipleship in churches is roughly 20%, which means this. Discipleship refers to people that are connected to a community group, a small group, a home group, a Bible study. And again, at Adventure, we exceed that. We crush that almost double, right? Adventure is actually closer to 40% of people that are plugged in, right, that are being discipled. But again, if only 40% of your body decided to work today, you'd barely function. The national average when it comes to participating in tithing and giving and generosity is between 30 to 40%. So roughly a third, somewhere around a third of churches, that they give, they contribute to the, to the church through tithing and generosity. At Adventure, again, we're crushing it. It's actually closer to 60%. It's amazing, But again, in your life, would you settle for a body that functions at just above half of what it's capable of? No. Now, disclaimer: Here's what I don't want you to hear me saying. This is what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that 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 we are not extremely grateful and humbled by your presence when it comes to volunteering or being in a Bible study or in a home group. We are extremely grateful for your time, for your effort, for your attitude, for your generosity. Whether you're volunteering, whether you're plugging into a group, whether you're joining a study, or you're giving to the church, right? We are extremely, I can't even put it into words, we're extremely grateful for that. I'm not saying that that those of us here today that aren't currently volunteering, or haven't joined a group, or aren't currently giving, I'm not saying that you're making us sick. I'm not saying that. I'm also not saying, so don't hear this, I want to be really clear, I'm also not saying that you're the thing that's wrong with our church. You're not. Here's the deal. Adventure is a great place for people who have been wounded, whether by family, by friends, or by the church. Adventure is a great place for people to come in and catch your breath and heal up from past wounds. And that takes as long as it takes. And let me just tell you, if that's you, you won't have to lift a finger in this place until you're ready. I know what church hurt feels like. You guys know a little bit of my story. I know what it feels like, and there's no hurt like church hurt. It's totally different. It's a unique thing. Why? Because a lot of times people put words in God's mouth that he would never say, and we begin to believe that maybe that's how he feels about us. Not true. Adventure is a place where if you're hurting, no matter what kind of hurt it is, come in and heal up, come in and rest up, come in and get cared for. We want to be a place of healing for people who are in the middle of or coming out of any and all kinds of hurt. So I'm not saying that we're not grateful, and I'm not saying that if you're not currently engaged, that you're the thing that's wrong, right? You go, all right, what are you saying? Here's what I'm saying. It's simple. This is the vision for 2023 at Adventure. The vision for us this year is to not settle for being good enough. We don't want to settle for just beating national averages. As the elders and the staff, as we sat around and kind of unpacked this and prayed into it and leaned into it, we feel like what Jesus wants us to be is a 100% church, to be on that journey, to be on that path. Well, what does that mean? Being a 100% church means this. We're 100% of those who have joined adventure. We call adventure home. We've partnered with adventure. That we step into the charge that Jesus gives us to be salt and light. That we volunteer in some capacity. Because here's what happens. Volunteering at adventure is different. I had somebody ask me last week, like, what makes adventure different than other churches? Well, Here's one example. Volunteering at adventure is different. Here's why. You're not just a warm body in a room. You're not. You're someone that gets poured into by our staff, by our lead volunteers, so that you can pour your life into somebody else. It's not just to fill a role. It's not just out of obligation, right? That's not what we want to do. Volunteering at Adventure is out of passion. Are you passionate about something? We probably can come up with a volunteer position for that. And if we don't have one, we'll make one up. Right? That's what we can do. If you're passionate about something, we want to get you plugged in where you're passionate. Volunteering, what it does is this it provides discipleship to you and through you. It provides community, it provides life application that goes way beyond a Sunday or a Wednesday. You've heard me say this a lot. If you can volunteer in kids' ministry and be trained and equipped to unpack Jesus' gospel and his truth to a second grader, you can talk Jesus to anyone. It's the truth so when you volunteer at Adventure, that's our hope. Our hope is that it doesn't just live on a Sunday or a Wednesday, but you take what you learn by being a volunteer here and you apply it to other areas of your life. We want to be a church where 100% of the people here are being discipled. We're being led, fed, trained, and equipped to be disciples that make disciples. Being disciples and making disciples, what does it do? It always points to, and it will always end up, and it will always lead your life to being on mission where you are, when you are, however you are. You'll be on mission. We want to be a church where 100% of us, we step out in faith and we trust Jesus with our finances, right, by giving to support the ministry here at Adventure or giving to our partners or just supporting people in need. We want to do that. We want to be a place that's courageously generous, that sacrifices courageously, that simplifies our lives courageously so that we can do that. We want to create opportunities for people to come as they are and become all that God desires them to be all over the planet. Our goal as a church isn't just to give 10% of our operating budget away to missions and outreach, right, and call it a day. It's like, hey, we made it. We're good. It's just a starting line. I mean, our goal is in the next few years to get to a place where we can give 20% away. Church, we survive on 80%. But that allows us to support mission partners and missionaries and initiatives in this city, in this country, in this state, and, and wherever it is, wherever we feel like God is moving in that space. How can we add fuel to that fire? How can we support that? And you go, well, I don't know, Brad. One hundred percent doesn't seem realistic. Why not? I mean, Jesus, when he looked at his disciples in Matthew twenty-eight, and he says, "I want you there." Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. They didn't go back. Time out, Jesus. How would you feel about 50%? Is that what you meant? No. He said, go make disciples of all nations. Right? Just, just a, a, a couple of months later, a couple of weeks later, a few weeks later, 40 day, 40-ish days later, he looks at his, at his disciples in Acts 1 and says, you tell my story in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and one end of the earth to the other. Eh. Yeah. How about how about Half. How about, we just, how, about, how about we just go halfway? No! One end of the earth to the other, right? Jesus wouldn't settle for that. Why would we? And really, if we don't settle for less than 100% in our actual bodies, why should we settle for anything less when it comes to the body of Christ that we call the church? So today, what I want to do is I want to bring up our staff team. And some of our volunteers, some of our key volunteer leaders, to share about, they're going to share about some real opportunities that you can step into now to begin to put adventure on this journey to becoming a 100% kind of church, right? After, after today, after service today, during the chili cook-off, which I'm going to win, by the way, um, I don't know if you've heard, but my chili's pretty good. Uh, after the chili cook-off, there's actually going to be a spot in the cafe room with all these different tables where all these folks are going to be that want to help you get plugged in uh, to the church. So I'm going to turn it over to them, and they're going to let you know, here's some ways you can get plugged in today. Here's some opportunities you have available to you to begin to step into this journey and into this initiative for Adventure to become the kind of place where 100% of our crew, right, we invest and we are invested in. Take it away.
1: Good morning. First of all, I just want to say that in being part of the church body, I am glad that I don't have to get up here and talk in front of adults too often because that's not where God has called me. So um, good morning. My name is Laura Dorsey. I am the children's director here at Adventure. And I'm super excited um, to be here this morning, share with you a little bit about what has been happening in Adventure Kids um, just over like the last six months. So first of all, just want to share how exciting it is that we have had two kiddos make decisions for Jesus over the last six months. Um, that's super exciting. Let's give God a round of applause for that. One of those <clears throat> obviously was this morning with Haven, and so just super exciting. That's that's what we're here for, and so that's great news to share and ex- um, just be excited about. Second of all, um, just want to talk to you guys about growth. Um, there's a couple different areas of growth that we have seen in Adventure Kids um, over the last six months. The first thing is we've just seen a lot of growth in our elementary kids. So in August, we started a new curriculum where we've been walking our kids through a year in the Bible. And so in doing that, we've just seen a lot of growth in the kids' understanding and their knowledge of who God is. And so in doing that, it's just been really cool to see how they've connected um, with the stories and just their understanding of God. The second um, area of growth is that if you saw all these people standing up here um, on the stage earlier, is we have grown in our families here coming to church. And so that has brought a lot of new kids um, to Adventure Kids. And so in that, um, lots of new um, people have been um, showing up in our classrooms. And so um, back in August, we were kind of averaging around about 22 kids total in Adventure Kids. And that number has grown to about 30 On a Sunday morning, which is really exciting just to see that many more kids showing up that um, God has entrusted us with. And then on Wednesday nights, our Wednesday night program has really grown, too. We started back in August with um, just about eight to ten kids coming on Wednesday nights. And in the last couple of weeks, we've had 20 kids coming on Wednesday nights. And so it's just super exciting to see um, the growth that has happened here um, over the last six months. Um, And just to know that God is giving us these people um, to to. To share and disciple with, um, and so today, um, <clears throat> as you were sitting here thinking about how you can be a part of the body, and maybe if there is um, a perfect spot for you to join in and be a part of Adventure Kids, I want to share with you just a couple of areas that are available for you to jump in and join us in that growth and see if you might be one of those people. Um, I don't have time to talk to you about all of the areas, and so after church. There's going to be a space where you can come and see all of the different areas that are open. But um, are you someone who loves to hold babies? Because we do have a spot opened up in the nursery where you can come and love on our littlest ones in the nursery. Or are you someone who loves to come and um, play and sing songs and teach uh, our preschoolers about how much Jesus loves them? Because there are some spots opened up in my preschool classroom where we'd love for you to join um, in on that. Or do you like to play and have fun, or you have a good joke for a fifth grader that you want to come tell them? Uh, We have a couple spots opened up in our elementary classroom, too, where um, you can come join us there. So be praying about where God might lead you um, to join in the church body, and uh, we'd love for you to come and see where God um, is going to move this year. So, yeah.
0: Also, in kids' ministry, if you bring Pokemon cards, you're in, Right? Kids accept bribes and Pokemon cards work. Yeah. Take it away, Matt.
2: There you go. Uh, My name is Matt Vaughn. I'm the worship pastor here at Adventure. And if you remember back last year uh, in the springtime, we did a worship series where we kind of talked about what worship is. There's kind of two aspects to it. one, it's the appropriate response when you encounter uh, a king or the king. Um, so you kind of see this in Isaiah with the, uh, the uh, angel singing, holy, 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 that kind of thing. It, it's the right thing to do when we encounter Jesus, and we do that week in and week out here. The second thing is not separated. It kind of goes along with that. Um, Worship for us here at Adventure is an opportunity to remind ourselves of uh, the, the things that God has done, the promises that he's kept, uh, his faithfulness, all of that thing, uh, all of that through song. And so there's two ways that you can get involved uh, in, in it, one through actually three. The first one's the easiest. You can show up, you can sing, you can raise your hands, and you can participate just from your seat. That's the easiest way that you can do that. And you might think, oh, you know, I'm here every week, that kind of thing. Well, if you're here and you're like this or you're like, well, you know, uh, you're projecting uh, something less than excitement about what we're doing here. So you can at least do that. You can at least push yourself and go, you know what? I'm going to be a little bit more expressive. I'm going to be, I'm going to sing. I'm going to, I'm going to listen to what these words are. I'm going to learn this song. and I'm going to sing along with it. You can do that. That's the easiest thing. The second thing. If you are a musician or a singer and you are uh, somewhat proficient at your craft, I say proficient in the sense that um, you're not just starting out, you're willing to play in front of people, that's something that you want to do, I'll take you and show you how to play worship music. It's a little bit different. It's not harder. It's just different. I'll work with anybody. It's one of my favorite things to do is is to work with musicians who say, I want to help with worship. So we can do that. Come see me. uh, Or there's cards on the back you can fill out for Cowbell? Cowbell? Looking for cowbell players? Mm. Explore the space. There's two. There's cowbells and banjos. I don't have room for either of those. Sorry. I'm out then. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, Short list, though. the other the other way that you can get involved, and it's one of the easiest ways in our church that you can serve, and that is on the tech team. That might sound intimidating because it has the word tech in front of it, but literally, if you can open an email, there are positions like running the stream that are very very important that you can uh, that you can can master. It's super easy. There's also more advanced things like running the soundboard that are really important. That if you have an interest in that, we'll teach you. You're probably not going to jump in first day, but you can definitely do that. The point is there's room for anybody, any level of experience or that kind of thing uh, to, to be a part of it. You just got to step forward and do it. So that's it for worship.
0: And the tech team will show you how to open an email. Yeah. A (laughs) hundred percent.
3: My name is Christy and I get to serve um, on the hospitality team here. And I'm a little bit of a stand in for April who really, Um, Leads that team. She's one of the 40% upstairs also serving in in kids ministry right now. So she's holding babies, I think. Um, And so I get to come and share a little bit about what's going on in the hospitality world. If you think about the first time that you came to Adventure, or maybe every Sunday when you come to Adventure, you come up those steps or maybe through the back doors. Somebody holds that door open for you and greets you with a big smile, maybe a hug. You come in, you get some coffee or tea or hot chocolate, Um, and then you get to hang out in this space that is very friendly and very welcoming. Um, There's a lot that goes on um, in the world of hospitality, but really our goal is to make this a place where people feel safe, they feel comfortable, and really whatever they need, we're, we're gonna work towards meeting that need. And so if you can hold a door open, if you can say good morning, if you can brew some coffee, you can do hospitality. We have some um, opportunities with our coffee crew. So if you um, can give a little time on a Sunday morning to set up coffee and then to, it takes me like 10 minutes to clean it up and tear it down at the end of service. Uh, we need some, some uh, people who would love to do that. Uh, we also are looking for some more ushers. And so one of the things that ushers do and that we're hoping to kind of return to is passing communion. Uh, I don't know the little tiny communion. I can never get them open. Uh, And so as we kind of make that transition back to eventually being able to pass communion, we need more ushers. Um, And then we're also looking for a a person or two who would like to be a friendly welcoming face over at the welcome desk that can answer questions, that can connect people. So there's lots of opportunity in the world of hospitality and April will be um, over here in the cafe after uh, while we're eating. to talk more about that if you're interested.
0: So just show of hands, how many of you all get extremely frustrated trying to open these communion cups? There are all your ushers. There they are. <laughs> Thank you so much for volunteering. Now we're going to be able to pass communion again. We really appreciate that. Hey, I'm uh, a... <laughs> I'm going to represent a couple different ministries, discipleship and student ministry. Um, You all know I am a a recovering youth pastor. I I was in youth ministry for almost 18 years, um, and it was awesome. It was an amazing, amazing experience. I love students. I love student ministry. That's why at Adventure, student ministry will always be a priority, right? We will always invest in that generation because they are the leaders of the church, right? We want to put them out front uh, to teach and train and equip them. Uh, Right now, we are currently searching for a youth pastor, uh, and we want to put the person that's right in that position. Uh, And as you can imagine, being an 18-year youth pastor vet, I'm a little picky. And I also love our kids. I love our students. Sorry, I called you kids. My bad. That's why I'm not a good youth pastor anymore. All right? I love our students, and I don't want to just put anybody with them, right? I want to put somebody with them that we trust, who honestly, they deserve. Um, that they need, uh, that, that's worthy of having a, a crew like the crew that we have here. We have an amazing student ministry. Uh, if you want to get involved in student ministry right now, we are looking for a middle school girls co-leader. Uh, and again, think about this, right? Think about your middle school life, all right? 100% of us in here that are grown up, we were all middle schoolers at one point, right? That's a real stat. You can look it up, all right? We were all middle. How much did you need you now then, Right? step into student ministry. We'd love to have you be a part of that, right? So we really need a middle school girls co-leader. So if you want to jump in with student ministry, we'd love to have you be a part of that. Um, The other thing that I want to talk about is discipleship. We've got some amazing opportunities. On Wednesday nights, we have what we call our study groups. So these are Bible studies or topical studies that dive into Scripture for men and women, right, for adults, right? We've got Bible studies uh, happening on Wednesday nights. Join them right? They're they're great groups to be a part of. If you're not currently involved in a study group, it's a great on-ramp to discipleship here at Adventure. Beyond that, we have home groups that meet in people's homes throughout the week. Uh, We've got a few that meet on Sundays. We've got one that meets right after church during second hour. Um, We've got one that meets on Sunday evenings. It's located in Peewee Valley. We've got uh, one that's on Friday evenings. We've got one that's on Thursday evenings. We would love to help you get plugged into a home group. We also need more home groups. We need folks that are willing to open up their homes uh, to allow people from the church to come in. We want to put a home group in communities. Why? Because when you put people that are being discipled and following Jesus in neighborhoods, those neighborhoods look different, right? We want to do that. We want to to continue to grow opportunities uh, for people to show up and just do life uh, together, right? Another huge opportunity that we need is on Wednesday night so that we can provide men's and women's groups, um, Bible study groups. We have Child care for preschool, right? So, kids' ministry has Wednesday night study groups as well, uh, and it's amazing, it's awesome for K through five. Pre K, we need child care volunteers, we need someone who's willing to sacrifice give up their time, right, to watch kids so that other people can step into and sit in environments where their souls can be fed, right? So if you're willing to do that, it is a sacrifice, right? Um, we understand that that's not easy. Wednesday nights are hard, which is why we're willing to pay you just a little bit, right? So that's actually a paid position. Um, so, uh, if that's something you're interested in, again, after service, there's going to be a, a table uh, in that room. We can talk a little bit more about what it means to join a group, to be a part of a group, to maybe if you want to host a group, um, or if you want to watch some young kids uh, on Wednesday evenings so that some moms and dads, husbands, wives, men and women can be a part of uh, study groups uh, on Wednesday. So, uh, I know we got one more missions update, but I think that's it, right? We covered, covered all the bases? Awesome. Give it up for Matt and Laura. Christy's going to stay and update us a little bit on missions.
3: All right, um, I love talking about this and so I'm going to try to rein it in, um, but we're going to share, I'm going to share a little bit about what's been going on in missions and outreach world. Um, I get the opportunity to serve with several other people on a missions team um, and we really get the, get the chance to kind of um, step into partnerships and um, facilitate opportunities for Jesus to be talked about and God to be known here locally and also out in the world. And so one of the things that we talk about a lot as a missions team is that God is really already working and we want to find the places where he's working and we wanna join him in that work. And so when I think about this past year, I'm gonna give you a, little, a quick little recap of 2022, this past year that we have just kind of lived together for missions and outreach perspective. The work that God has been doing in this community is evident. And so we were excited to be able to partner with him locally here in this J-Town area in several different ways. We've continued to build relationships with local schools, and that has come in a variety of ways. We've encouraged... The teachers at the st- I mean I am a teacher occupationally and at the start of every year that little extra bit of encouragement is always so welcome and so we've been able to encourage the, the staff particularly at Tully Elementary as they've started this school year and as they have continued this school year um, we were a part of in August what what is called school blitz which is a, a larger project in the Louisville metro area but again we went to Tully and we were able to facilitate some of the things that they needed on their campus just to start school. And so we we were able to join in um, on that. As a part of our season of hope, uh, Tully reached out to us and said, we need some coats for some of our kids that don't have warm coats. And so as a part of Season of Hope, that big Christmas tree that was back there, and I'll talk about it again in just a second, we were able to host a coat drive that not only supported Tully, but also Jaytown Elementary and Bates Elementary. So we have definitely grown in our ability to support our local community schools. Uh, the Renew Ministry hosted a backpack drive in August. July. Yeah, August. Uh, and, and through everyone here, we were able to collect stuff, create a little over 100 backpacks that went out into our community. Um, and so that was an opportunity to partner here locally. Um, Jeff and Jean Ballard have, have stood up here before and talked about this um, food pantry ministry that really has grown exponentially in the last couple of years. And so continuing to pour into local food pantries through the donations and the offerings that you all bring on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night and drop in the bin over there. Um, And then also by by their hearts and their service of running around town and picking up things that are probably going to be thrown away from Panera, from uh, Gordon Food Service and repackaging them and sending them out to people that really need um, that extra bit of support. Um, So lots of opportunity, if you were a part of Gaslight we got to go up to the square and be, have a tent, and we got to meet tons of people. There were, I think, about 25 um, volunteers who helped staff that booth, and we spent around 25 hours hanging out over a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We gave out 1,200 popsicles, over a 1,000 little bottles of water. We had countless conversations with people in the community. And the coolest thing about that is n- meeting people that know us because they have been to the Backpack Drive because they've been a part of J-Town Area Ministries. And so being able to partner with our community locally was, was amazing this past year. So yay for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Celebrate. Yeah. Um, when I think about opportunities where we were able to join God beyond our community, so beyond J-Town, Um, This past year, we brought on a new uh, missions partner financially, and that was Waterstep. And so we were able to continue to deepen that relationship through service and also through financial partnership with them. We've continued to partner with the Lease family in Japan and the Parkers um, who operate the seed ministry in um, Ghana. We have continued our partnership with um, Epic International, which houses... Uh, an office in New York, but also um, they serve a population of Afghan people in country and in bordering um, countries as well. And then we've also continued our partnership with Commission Ministries. So lots of um, continued support and even increased support this past year all around the world with our partners. Uh, Season of Hope, right? We had the little Christmas tree back there, and you could go grab an ornament, and I just want to give you a quick update on that. We directly packed and or funded the packing of a little over 100 shoe boxes for Operation Christmas Child, and that was amazing. Um, we, like I said, we donated coats and we were able to collect and distribute coats in our local community. Everything that the least family was hoping for in their sort of creature comforts from home, they wanted coffee and honey and spices and uh, macadamia nuts, we were able to provide them and ship over just as a as an extra special encouragement to them um, on the field. Uh, The Parkers came and shared about the need for little tiny SD cards. Each one of those cards could be loaded with multiple translations of the Bible and Bible stories and could be used out on the field. And we were able to collect 70 of those cards for them. Um, And then additionally, we were able to fund just Money that needed to be used on the ground for both Epic and for Water Step. So huge thank you for Season of Hope and the ability to really make a difference and join God globally. So that, that is awesome. And that's t- 2022. And I think that is a woo celebration moment. If we. If we look at the upcoming year, 2023, it's again the same idea. Where is God working and where can we join him? And so thinking about, um, again, locally, we still have our opportunities with uh, Jaytown Area Ministries and with our food pantry. I know that is one area that um, if you know Jeff and Jean and they shared from stage about a month ago at the be- beginning of January, they're just people that say yes to one little thing, and God uses that one little thing, and their story is incredible, and this past year, saying yes to a few small things actually led to some huge stuff, and so um, they're networking people, and they are willing and ready to do the work, uh, and they need some support, and so that is one area that Missions and Outreach is looking to grow this year, is partnership with that food pantry um, ministry, and with with taking food in and around town. And so they they will be available after service to talk to you about what that could look like. Uh, But that is growing and we are excited about that and we want to support that pocket of our ministry. So if you're interested in that, Let's chat after, chat with Jeff and Jean after. Um, We are excited to still be able to do some local service opportunities. We have Better Together Summer that we partner um, in serving in and around our community. We've gone down the street to Lifeline. And so opportunities like that will be available this year. Um, And then when I think about uh, continuing our relationship with our schools, we're going to bump that up a little bit. I mean, the school life right now, whether you are in school, you have kids that are in school or grandkids that are in school, it, it, is, it is hard. And so we want to be a source of encouragement and support and continue to make a difference here in our community. When I think about uh, joining God and growing kind of beyond our community, we are increasing some of our partnerships, some of our existing partnerships. Um, and continuing to support those that we have. What I'm really excited about is we're bringing in, or we're gonna join a partnership with a a new organization called Life in Abundance. And so I'd love to talk with you more about who they are, what they do. They function primarily in Africa and the Caribbean, um, but they have kind of come to us about a special project that is in a very, very, very um, impoverished area in Kenya that, again, deals with school and helping to support education and school infrastructure. So that is coming up this year as well, and it's, it's going to be great. Um, are you sharing about Mission Trip, or can I? Can yeah, I you, can, you go for it. <laughs> um, we Last year, and I, I should have put this in the recap. Last year, we took a mission trip to Appalachia. Uh, there were about eight of us that went, and it was awesome, and we're going back. And we're going back this summer and we have dates and we have a desire to to grow that opportunity even more. So we took eight people last year. We're hoping for 20 to 25 people uh, this year. And it's an amazing experience. Um, there are lots of people here that, that I, were a part of that and could chat with you more about it. Um, but going on mission, going on mission is also a part of our um, opportunities in the 2023 year. So lots. To, to celebrate and lots to talk about. And I would love to do that after service over in the little side room if you
0: want. Pretty incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, Christy super cool we get to be a part of um, in missions. And like Christy said, our goal is to take 20 people, 20 to 25 people on a mission trip this year. That'll that be roughly uh, right around 10% of our church. Uh, when you get 10% mobilized and engaged like that, the, the my experience has been and all the studies and research show that that influences the whole, right? So we want you to be a part of that. We're going back to eastern Kentucky where they've that where life there already is hard. But with all the floods and all that kind of stuff that, that have happened, it's, it's been even harder. Um, so this summer we'll have more dates. Uh, we'll have the dates available in the, the cafe. So if you want to. go on that. It is, uh, if you're a middle schooler or older, you can attend uh, and families can attend together, right? So, it's younger kids, uh, middle schooler or older, as we're looking for younger kids, the work might be a little difficult, um, but that's going to be a a great thing. Hey, I want to close up uh, just by by using, um, by telling a story real quick. Um, This one of the things that we do uh, on Vision Sundays is we talk about budget, right, which is kind of the business side of church. And there are budgets, detailed budgets available for anyone that wants one over at the Welcome Desk. What I'm going to put up on the screen are just some of the percentages because they tell a story. So I came on board at Adventure in 2019. And Adventure had been through a number of transitions uh, and was kind of facing and staring at uh, a a lot of hurdles to get over. And if you look at, you know, the the budget, you can see, right, that that at that point in time, only about 5% was going out the door to missions and, and ministry budgets Which were frozen at the time were only about 4%. And everything else was going to either the building or or, or payroll or administrative things, just trying to keep things up and running. So that was 2019. Jesus started to show up in some ways that that didn't make sense, right? So as we kind of prayed into and leaned into what Jesus wanted for us, uh, it was really cool. The end of the year, we got to the end of that year and we realized, hey, I think we're going to be able to make it, right? At, At one time, Nick stood up on the stage saying, listen, we don't have to sell the building, right? We thought for a while we're going to have to sell the building. We don't have to do that anymore, and so it's been some really cool things. So, that, so 2019 was a year for us to kind of assess reality, but then invite the Holy Spirit, invite Jesus into leading and guiding this place. And so in 2020, things began to change, right? We started to see, we were able to, to kind of go through and, and eliminate some of the facility costs. We were able to, to be smart uh, about where we invested our money, uh, and we ended 2020 even though we went through COVID and had to shut down for 12 straight weeks, we ended 2020 with a budget surplus. It was crazy. There's money left over and we're like, what did we do wrong? Like someone forgot to add, right? So we ended 2020 and that put us into 2021. And in 2021, you can kind of see things start to shift. Again, you see this story kind of unfolding in the resources that Jesus was making available to us that we were then able to use in our community. Our missions and outreach budget went from 5% to 7%. Why? Because we set a goal. We said, listen, we want to give 10% of our operating budget away within two years. And at that point in time, it was like, there's no way we're going to be able to do that. But Sure enough, it started to happen. It started, we were able to, to begin to give our staff ministry operating budgets that, that were functional, that had enough resources in them for them to actually be able to, to, to do ministry. Right? We were able to repair broken things in the building, fix lights, fix rooms, renovate rooms, all that kind of stuff. Really cool. Then you go to 2022, which was last year. And again, that was the year that we crossed that line of going. Hey, we made it to base camp. Ten percent of our operating budget is now going out the door, right? To missionaries, our our ministry budgets those went up, right? Again, why? Because we want to be able to give our ministry staff and our ministry areas the tools they need to be able to do ministry, right? We were able to cut some miscellaneous and administrative costs, right? To to streamline some of those things, and so that brings us up to 2023. This is our budget, our our proposed and, and approved budget for 2023. And again, what you see growing. What you see growing the most are outreach and budgets. The two areas this year in 2023 where we're going to spend more than we've spent in years past. The two areas that got the biggest increases were missionary support and our ministry budgets to give our staff teams what they need to be able to do ministry effectively and help grow the church. So again, there's more detail, but it's crazy. It's staggering. We sat in our elders meeting uh, a couple of weeks ago looking at this, and it's amazing when you begin to see it graphically play out in front of you, that you see life being breathed back into a body, right? You see a body beginning to get healthier and healthier and healthier. And so we'd love to answer questions if you have any. Uh, If you have questions for our elder board, you can email us, elders at adventurek, Org. we'd love to answer those questions and if you want a detailed copy of our budget we got nothing to hide right that's one of the things i love about our church we want to if you want information we'll give it to you right so if you want to see a detailed copy of the budget those are available over at the the welcome desk you can pick one of those up if that's something that you would like to have so let me just kind of wrap up all right Something that that Patrick said last week stuck with me, and that's this, that that, that Jesus doesn't want more from you. He wants more of you, right? And so as as adventurers, you hear us talk about some of the things we talk about, opportunities to step in. We don't want more from you. We're not looking for more from you. We want more of you. That's what we want, right? But Jesus, he wants more of us, but he also wants more for us. Jesus says, I came so that you can have a life, an abundant life, life maxed out, what we call the with God life. Jesus, he modeled and he taught this abundant life. And he says, listen, this abundant life happens when we lean into and we live out things like courageous simplicity, courageous courage, courageous sacrifice. And so we want to be a church where 100% of us are training to become like Jesus. We're not just trying to be like Jesus or do Jesus things. We're training to become like Jesus. Every single one of us in this place, we are works in progress. You don't have to be perfect. It's about progress, not perfection. It's about practice, right? That's what we want to do. We want to practice the things of Jesus. Adventure is a church that is radically committed to pursuing those who are lost, broken, and hurting. There are empty seats in these auditoriums. Here's the thing. We want to fill those. We want to fill those. We want people to sit in these empty seats. We're saving those seats for people who are lost, who are hurting, who are broken, who are searching. Here's the thing. You don't need to be, to to fill empty seats, you don't need to be splashy and flashy. You just need to be like Jesus. One of the authors and church planners that I like, he's a guy named Jeff Vanderstelt. He's up in Washington State in the Seattle area. He says this. He says, if, if, if the kind of church that we're starting today couldn't be led by Jesus' first followers who were uneducated fishermen, tax collectors, broken men and women, transformed prostitutes, irreligious people, and prisoners, then maybe we've adopted the wrong mode or model of church. Here's what I want to tell you, Adventure Family. Our church here's why our church will grow, and here's how our church will grow. It's not by getting splashier and flashier. It's by being and becoming a place that God says, I trust that church with my kids that are hurt and broken in this community. That's how we'll grow, by becoming the kind of church and the kind of people that God can trust. The stories that our individual lives tell is that we're becoming more like Jesus how we treat our bodies, how we treat our minds, how we treat our hearts, how we live our lives, those things are changing to become more like Jesus. And as we do that personally, as we become more like Jesus personally and individually, that becomes the story then that our church collectively tells. We're a family of all kinds of people that just wanna look and live like Jesus so that when a lost and broken world looks at adventure and the people of adventure, they see him at work in us. The same way that we see God work in Jesus. When they see us, there's just something about adventure that looks different. There's something about adventure people that look different. And here's the deal. If you can be 100% in on that, then let's go. Let's rock and roll. Let's begin to take some territory. Let's begin to reclaim some territory. Let's allow the Holy Spirit and Jesus to go to work inside of us to become the kind of people that live lives, lives like Jesus. Let's become the kind of church that cares about this community, that cares about people in this community, that meets needs, right? Let's be that kind of place. Let's be the kind of place that, that, that staffs and, and is able to, to care for missionaries around the planet as they do the same. Let's be that kind of place. Let's be the kind of place that's 100% bought in, where we give where we volunteer, where we allow ourselves to be poured into. And here's the thing. When it comes to giving and adventure, we're not asking for everybody to give the same. It's not equal giving. It's shared sacrifice. Can you imagine what would happen if this entire body, 100% of us, said, listen, we're willing to give at this point in time what we're able to, but we want to share a part of that load. We want to share that sacrifice. We're going all in, 100% of us. Like, it it would be so strange. How many... Brad, what's your like people like pastors all the time? They do like the contest, right? And they say, Brad, how many people are, uh, what's your volunteer rate? 100%. How about your disciples? 100%. How many people give? How many people? 100%. What? Yup. That's the kind of church we want to be. We want to be the 100% church because that's what Jesus said. Take my message to all the nations. 100% of this planet needs to hear the gospel. 100% of our communities need people to be witnesses of the life and love and grace of Jesus. Not half, not 95%, not 99%, 100. I'm gonna pray if you want to, uh, to be a part of this family. If today, you're here and you said, listen, I wanna join this church. I'd love to meet you down front. If you need prayer today, I would love to pray for you down front. If you want to talk about Jesus, if you want to say, listen, I, I saw what Haven did. I saw the decision she made. I want to make that same decision. would love to meet with you down front and talk about that. I'm going to pray. We're going to worship, and then we're going to eat chili. Jesus, we love you. We thank you that, that we get to be a 100% kind of place because you make it 100% possible. Lord, we love you. We thank you that we, get a, that we get to be a part of your kingdom. We get to merge our lives with you, but we also get to merge our lives with all these people around us. We're a family. We may be quirky. Sometimes we don't get along. It's not always easy. But we're a family. Put together, bonded together, joined together, held together by you. Jesus, we love you. It's your name we pray. Amen.